for us. And then I, Isaiah, said, here I am, send me. Come on, tell somebody next to you, here I am, send me. I believe it's with a true word that I want to talk about today, the call of God in someone's life. I got about seven excited about that. All right, last week was one, so I'm all right. Today is a, such a great occasion that, um, that these candidates, as we'll call them, are really truly desiring to, to fulfill God's word in their life, amen? And I believe that although three that we will ordain today, there is many more here who God is calling. I want you to look to the person next to you and say, God is calling. Carlos, I don't mean to beat you up, but they got to face me. Because I'm going to be working with them. Amen? I don't know what that, I don't get it. They're going to be facing y'all. It's just, you're all right, Carlos. Somebody put your hands together for Carlos. He's just doing what he's told. He's just doing what he's told. Matthew, the 22nd chapter, the 14th verse declares, For many are called, but few are chosen. And I would declare to you today that you are a chosen individual by God. Look to somebody next to you and say, You are chosen by God. Now, if you cannot get excited about that, you have to realize if you are chosen by God, you are called by God, that means something God wants to do shall be done through you. Something God needs done is all up to you. Amen? You see, the call of God drives you and it tongues at your spirit. The call of God is stronger and stronger as your years progress. The more you desire to follow it, the more reasons you will come up with why not to listen to God. I would challenge you today that many of you have a divine call upon your life. Many of you have God's uh, appointed time in your lives. Amen. And I challenge you that you have to complete this in a timely fashion. And I declare today that I know that I know that God has been speaking to many of you in this place simply about coming closer to him. Is there anybody who can tell me today, Pastor, God has been talking to me about drawing closer to him, about stop playing games, about get it right, about get it together, that he has a work that he wants to do. He has a revival he would want to birth through you. But unless you are willing to let him impregnate you, you can never give birth to something that God desires to do in your life and so I would challenge you that God wants you to get serious about being serious about God because we get we say I'm going to be serious about God but we're never really serious about being serious and I'll leave that I won't say that again because I might confuse y'all but I know that I have to really truly seek after God amen in this scripture that we just read Isaiah says in the year that King Uzziah died. Now Uzziah was a great godly king. And Isaiah, his king, had just died. And you have to understand the, the stance of the prophet in these days. That the prophet usually didn't have a godly king. And they had to go up against the king who was, a, who was a, just a total a fornicator, a heathen, a worshiping idols and worshiping false gods. But yet he had a godly king. Somebody say a godly king. It's like the difference between having a good boss and a bad boss. Amen. You got the picture, I can move on. And so he had this godly king. And he said in the year that the king did what? That he died. And so Isaiah is in mourning. And as he's mourning, he begins to hear and he sees this call of God. And he sees this vision of God in his throne room. And he sees God um, being worshipped. And, and this scripture really speaks to the trinity of God. He saw the trinity because the angels said, holy, holy, holy. One for each. One for the Father, you're holy. One for the Son, you are holy. And one for the Holy Spirit, you are holy. 
And he begins to see this and he says, I am a man of unclean lips. The moment he sees God, he begins, you ready for this? He begins to doubt that he should even be there. The stronger the call of God, can I tell you why the, the call of God gets stronger in your life? Anybody ever felt that through time you had a sense of urgency to get right with God? The reason is because the call of God is like opportunity. It is a visitor. You cannot hold it in your attic. You cannot hide it in the bank. Opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Rarely does the same occasion present itself more than once. And if it does, it's only by the grace of God. You with me so far? When, see, on March 10th, I'm actually going to a concert for Hillsongs, that, that Christian group, and, and over in, in Boston. And, and when the tickets first came out, the opportunity presented itself, I believe, at $55 a ticket. And I jumped on it because I realized as I was talking to my uncle earlier uh, this week that even now, the tickets are over $100. Now, the opportunity comes for me to buy it more than once. But the opportunity for me to get it right and to save. Y'all not trying to follow me here. And so when God calls you the first time, you ought to just run to him and save yourself a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache, a lot of tough times in your life. The reason the call of God gets stronger is because the more it knows it's about to die in your life, it fights to live. And so if you have a sense of urgency to serve God more, I would challenge you, your spirit is dying. The call of God in your life is dying. That thought in the back of your head, I need to serve God. And the further it gets from your ears, from your consciousness, it's because it's fading into death. When you lose that conviction of the Holy Spirit, you no longer see things as wrong or as sinful. You are fading into, into an eternity without God. You live with Jesus, you leave without Jesus, amen? Or rather, you live without Jesus. I would challenge you today that God is calling you. God doesn't call you when you're ready, but when he needs you. So if anyone can hear God calling you, I'm challenging you that God needs you right now. God is a now God. Throughout the Bible, God declares that I will do this now. God said, I will do this now. I will arise now, now, now. God is not a later God. God shows up when he needs to. Amen? Am I talking to believers in this place? Does anybody understand when, when you needed God, he showed up for you? Even when you ain't show up for him, God's faithful to you when you aren't even faithful. And why when we sing a song, great is your faithfulness, you can really sing that song and mean it. Because God is so faithful to you, even in our unfaithfulness, amen? Now, uh, I need you to understand that God has need for you. And that God does not call you in your timing. Uh, Isaiah was in mourning. He just lost his king. And then at that moment, God desires to call him into his service. You developing this picture in your mind here with me? He's in a tumultuous time. He's full of turmoil. His heart is hurting. His heart is broken. He lost a godly king. Has anybody ever lost somebody? And then your job call you, want you to come into work? You don't understand what I'm going through. And so God is calling him. God's not going to call you when you're ready. God's going to call you when he needs you. God called Samuel while he was sleeping. God called Gideon while he was hiding in a cave. God called Samson while he was in sin. You with me? God called Jacob after he stole his brother's birthright. And God called Moses after he had been given a life sentence of banishment from Egypt for murder. 
They were at low points in their life. God, anybody ever felt God call you when he was at, where you were at work? You knew God was dealing with you right at the register of your little store? Maybe God was dealing with you behind your little desk? God called David while he was working in the fields. He was just a shepherd boy, and God said, I need you now. You're about to be anointed king. Somebody say amen. God will beckon you and call you in times that you might not feel are convenient. God called the disciples while they were still yet fishing. And so you may not be done with what you think you have to do, but I would challenge you when you hear the call of God, you drop what you think you have to do and run to what you know that God needs for you to do. God will call you and his call will make you feel uncomfortable. God called Abraham from his homeland away from his family and he called him to do his own thing out of his comfort zone. God cannot get you to operate properly while you are comfortable because you will never step outside yourself. God has a tendency to call people at their worst moments. Do you know the night that my father passed away, that very same night I heard the clear and audible voice of God declare to me to go pray. And I was like, right now, I got to pray now. So I came and walked over here from my house in Colorado and I prayed till four in the morning and God began to give me a vision of what he was going to do. And I'm looking at it even now. God told me all the things he would do and all the stuff he wanted to put through us and do with this church. And I'm like, not now, God. He said, if it's not now, it's going to be never. So if somebody don't do it now, it's going to to die God don't call you when you're ready tell your neighbor you don't might be ready but God gonna call you God called me in a tough time somebody say amen you see according to my book it wasn't a great time I was not ready I did not care I did not want it I had a great job at that time I was making close to 50,000 a year I would then get promoted later on but I was doing great I had no problems no bills no issues no drama I was living a good Christian life I was staying out of trouble I wasn't messing with no more hussies I was doing good I was living saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I was preaching every Friday with the youth group. Life was great. Then, bam, God took my dad and said, now i got to call you now. I wasn't ready for that. You might not be ready. You might think that you got things to do, but that's not true. God needs you, and he needs you now. God called me when I was 22 years old to lead a church. You see, Isaiah lost his king. In my book, I lost my father, my best friend, and my pastor in one day. And yet God called me nonetheless. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Because God understood that there were souls that need to be saved. There was things that needed to be done. I need you to look past you. The problem with people today is we live in a selfish generation. A selfish generation who you wouldn't even stop to help somebody who dropped something. We live in a generation where we have to have commercials now about Allstate doing good things and helping people pick up the paper they dropped to give them an extra two cents of change. We should have been doing that all along. I don't understand where we lost this concept of being Christian. The Bible says they will know we are Christians by our love. That's why some folks don't know you're a Christian, but I saved that. I preached that maybe in a couple of weeks. The call of God reached past my own desires if you're taking notes write that down the call of God will reach past your own desires the call of God will reach past what you want to do it'll reach past what you think you have to do it'll reach past your hurts your current situation it'll reach past it and it'll grab out of you something so deep that you never knew 
you could do. You with me? Isaiah is in the midst of all these problems and he begins to see this vision and God calls him. He sees God is so holy and the angels even are covering their faces and he sees the angels hiding from God so to speak and they're declaring the goodness of God. And at that moment Isaiah began to fear for his life. In the presence of God, Isaiah's humanity, his frailties were exposed. Sin has a way of making man think so highly of himself. You don't believe me? Talk to a guy who sleeps around, see how great he feels about himself. Sin has a way of puffing itself up. Sin has a way of making people feel great about themselves and it belittles God. But when you're in the presence of God, it belittles you and it shows you how frail you are as a human. So it's why when you come to the presence of God, anybody ever been in a spirit-filled service and the, the Holy Spirit comes on in and you begin to feel all the, all the, all the filth of your sin in you? You feel guilty for all that you've been doing. No, you shouldn't be doing it. No, you, you, know, you know a lot better than what you're doing. And still you find yourself sitting left and right. Ada is in the building. Somebody say amen. amen. You got to be careful because I notice when you're not here. Somebody said, mm-hmm. Can't be that loud at me, Ada. I'm just saying. I buy a weekly schedule over there. <laughs> Somebody praise God. When one walks into the presence of God, you know I love you, Ada, into the presence of God, you begin to see all your own faults. You begin to see, all, and you want to change those things, amen? The enemy, once you walk into the presence of God, it begins to make you feel like you are not worthy of God's presence. How many of you feel you are not worthy of God's purpose? Raise your hand. You're not worthy to do God's work. But I feel the same way. Here I am. Feeling unworthy about to see low self-esteem does not disqualify you from the call of God. Just because you feel a certain way about yourself don't mean God can't use you. You with me? Moses said, I'm a stutterer. And God said, well, let your brother talk then. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. And God said, you think you're young now? I was talking to you when you weren't even born. Jeremiah, the first chapter, the fifth verse, read it. He said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, I called you, I set you apart, I anointed you, I consecrated you, and you think God's calling you now? You had this conversation years ago. I want you to think of something. God says this to Jeremiah, before I laid the foundations of the earth, do you realize God gave you a destiny before he even made Adam? Do you believe, do you see how great that is that God was thinking about you and the reason he created the earth was because people like you and he had a job and a task for you? I got one. I'm back down to one. My stats are going down. I need you to understand how many of you feel unworthy of God's call in your life. God does not call you because of your condition. You with me? But God calls you because of your mission. He knows what you have to do. God does not call you because of your condition, but of your composition. Rather, what you are made of because he put you together. The Bible says in the, in the book of Psalms that he knit us together in the womb of darkness. That he tells David, I put you together. I think I know pretty much how to deal with you. If you believe that God stitched you together, then you have to trust that he knows what he put inside of you. And if he's trying to get something out of you, it's because he put it there in the first place. Oh, I don't have it in me. Do you think God, see, you have to understand God. Listen up, people. This, this, is, this is good. 
I love God because he asks us questions that he knows the answers to. He walked in the garden and said to Adam, Adam, where are you? Come on, God, seriously? Mm-hmm. He walked in and he told, he told Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel was smart. He said, only you know, Lord. He asked the disciples, who do men say I am? You already know who they think you are, Lord. God asked you questions that he already knows the answer to, amen? So when God says, uh, do you think you can be a preacher? He already knows the answer that you can. And that is why he's asking. Look throughout the Bible. All the questions God asks is because there's a possibility. And so when God comes to you and tells you the smallest of things, he's telling it to you or asking it of you because there is a possibility of it being done. So when God says to you, I have a purpose for you, you say, oh, I don't know. Don't you think he would know? And if he knew that it was impossible, he would not ask you in the first place? It makes sense now, but when God's calling you, it won't make sense. Oh, I don't know. God does not call you because of your ability, but rather your stability in him. God's not going to call you because of what you think you can do, but how stable you are. Perfect example, my musicians, they're all homegrown. Many folks have to, many churches have to pay their musicians, and they pay more a month for their musicians than for their mortgage. And that's the truth. Three hours a week, $400 for an organ player. That's the going rate. I should quit this and just go play the piano. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would never. And so, when I saw these gentlemen, whether it was Daniel, Elias, or my brother always had a musical inclination, whether it was Emma, they didn't have the ability to play anything. But one day somebody walked up to them and said, you're going to play this. And so they picked it up, and because of their stability in God, they gained the ability. If you know that you are not able to do things for God, it does not mean you can't do them. It means you have to get stable in God. And so he would make you able to do things. Elias could not clap on beat. I've told you this before. He still can't clap on beat. Can you? No. But yet he was our first drummer. Figure that one out. You see what I'm saying? Daniel never touched the instrument before, really, in a sense. And, and he picked up a bass guitar. He picked up an electric guitar. And he's actually good now. Why? Because there's stability in God. Your stability in God, you three, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about ability. It's how stable you are in God, how faithful you are to the call. You with me so far? This making sense? I hope you leave with something today. Don't, don't just leave and just say, wow, that was some great service. Amen? First, we talked about the process last week. Now we're asking God to send us to our mission. Amen? God does not call you because you think you are worthy. Isaiah felt like he was unworthy. In the scripture, he said, I am undone, meaning I'm about to die. This is it. It's a wrap. Done. It's over. You with me? When my father said when I was a kid, I knew it was over. Just like that. He would just shout it out at me. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm done. You know your parents are mad at you when they say your whole name. And that was always preceded by a siakawo. I couldn't spell it, don't know how to barely say it, but I know what it means. And it's the same thing when you walk into the presence of God, your thought process switches like this. Amen? 
Now, Isaiah feels unworthy. Isaiah feels he's not capable. How many of you feel not capable? Isaiah feels he could never live up to an expectation of what God would desire of him. But yet God calls him nonetheless. And then what God did next, the angel flew. Now, the Bible, the Bible is so great because the angel took the coal. He took the coal and he came over and he touched the lips of Isaiah. And for those of you who don't know what the coal is, it's basically just what it is, a coal. But they used to have it in the, in, the, in the holies of holies in the temple. And it was on the day of atonement when they would sacrifice the animals for their sin. The, the actual coal would rise up. The smoke would rise up and fill the entire place. And it would be like to hide the presence of God so that you could actually walk in there, the, whole, the high priest. And, and so they take this actual coal and they grab it and they put it on his lips. And the moment he gave an excuse as to why he couldn't, God removed the excuse. You with me so far? When you give God an excuse, trust me, God will remove every excuse you have. God will remove every excuse that you have. The moment he actually was forgiven of his sins, the very next verse, he heard the word of God. He heard the actual voice of God. Before that, he sees God. Before that, he's in God's house. He's in God's presence. But the moment he is purified of sins, he begins to actually hear God. When God forgives you, you will hear him. When God forgives you, you will begin to have that connection with God. And he said, I heard him saying, whom shall I send? And he said, Lord, send me. I got one person again. He simply said, God, send me. I'm ready. I don't care if I feel imperfect. I don't care if I don't live up to the man's standards. I don't care if I don't live up to anyone's expectations. But God, I understand that I have a call in my life. And immediately he ran to God. Once he was forgiven, he didn't wait till he felt like he knew enough about the word. He didn't wait till he felt like he knew enough and had to go to college. He didn't wait and go and try and study for God. He, didn't, he just said, I'm ready, and I will work off your anointing and your spirit, and I will find a way, because where there is a will, there is a way, and I will be in your presence, and I will speak your word, and I will do anything you ask me to do. Here I am, God. I am available. Use me. Could you imagine that being in God's presence? And I would just shut up. I wouldn't say nothing. He's talking about send me. He didn't even know they're talking about going. But Lord, you, where you got to go? But trusting God is just faith. He didn't care whether they we're going to send him. He just said, I'll go. Many of you might hear and feel this tug of God in your life. And you may not know where God is sending you, but know that God has already prepared a way for you. And that God has already done things so that you can make it. Jeremiah, he said it to him, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to, to give you this and to give you a future. God did not desire for you to die. And you have to trust God that if he has a plan, that he would do it. Ephesians 4 and 10, it says this, it was he, meaning Jesus, who gave some to be apostles. Some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up. Why should you answer God's call? So you can build up the body of Christ. So you can be a soul winner. So you can be a world changer. God designs for you to hear the call. And then to be a doer. Amen? I say to you today that although three are dedicating themselves to God. 
that each and every one of you are anointed, called by God. Tell somebody next to you, you're anointed. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I don't, I don't follow God like you do. I don't see things like you do. But I even speak right now that you shall see God in a whole new life throughout your life. And that God will declare and open up your eyes to many things and you will find a necessity for God. You will find a necessity for God in your life. I believe that God will work on each and every one of your hearts throughout the next week. I believe that God will just challenge you in every single avenue of your life that you need to get serious about God. I'm challenging you that God is calling you to a higher level in Him. God has need of you. And if God has need of you, it's not for tomorrow, it's for now. If God has need of you, it's not for when you feel like it, it's for now. If God has need of you, it's not so that when you are comfortable, but yet when you are uncomfortable, so you can trust God and lean on Him. I believe that God wants to do a mighty work in you. Not because it's the nice thing to say, but because I know that I know God has destiny in people. God would not give a life to whom he has not given destiny. You were born for a purpose. You were born for a reason, not to go and work your nine to five, not to go put in a little bit of overtime and, and struggle for your home, not to be sitting there with a the busted down car, not to be there with broke and penniless, to have no money in the bank, and you come into church like living from, from service to service, like if you're living from paycheck to paycheck. That is not God's desire for your life. God desires for you to be wealthy. God desires, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. And I would challenge you, in your spirit being prosperous, and in your finances, on your job, God wants you to be prosperous. God wants you to be stable. God wants you to be sufficient. The Bible says in the second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, for God is able to do God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that in all sufficiency you will have all things according to his riches, according to the faith of God in you. Do you believe God is able? I believe that God is able in your life. I believe that God desires to do an amazing thing in each and every one of you and you would just open your hearts. If you would just say, you know, I'm not doing a great job by myself here. I need a little bit of help. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. As we proceed to our, our service, our ordinations, come on, if you three can just come have your seats. <clears throat> come on, anybody feel the Holy Spirit in this place? Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm believing God that he would just work out some things in each and every one of you. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed in this sanctuary as we simply reverence God. Holy Spirit, <clears throat> come on, if you have the ability, just pray right now in tongues. I believe that God wants to just talk to some hearts. Jesus, 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 right now. Holy Spirit, Father God, that you would work in this household right now, God. God, that you would just work in each, come on, raise your hands. If you want to say, God, I, I, send me, Lord. God, I need a touch. God, I need you just to, to, to reinvigorate my spirit. God, I need you to just help me, God, right now. I need you to help me, Father God, right now, Holy Spirit. 
Oh God, that you would just completely take over my life. In the name of Jesus, God. Come on, pray this prayer with me right now, church. Dear Heavenly Father, I open my, my heart right now to give you all that is within. Father God, I ask you right now to have your way in every area of my life. That you would totally take control. God, that you would totally have your way in my life. Come on, keep those hands high right now. Oh, I surrender. Oh, come on, tell them I surrender. I surrender all. And all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Come on, lift your hands right now as high as you can. Just tell them, I surrender all. Oh, I surrender, Lord. Come on, all to thee. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Come on, tell him one more time, I surrender all. And I surrender all. And I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Come on, somebody just thank God with your hands right now. Come on. Come on, thank God right now in this household.